Welcome to the podcast. Here we are, Alan Coote and Dorothy Brown, out of the frying pan. And we are going to be talking to... A guy called John Reynolds. And John and I uh, met very recently. He is such a driven guy. And I'm really, really looking forward to talking to him. Because one of the things that occurred to me when we were just talking about him coming on the podcast... You know those leaps that you have to do that we talk about often where you think, okay, my current employee or my current thing isn't working for me. I need to jump. Yes. Right? Yeah. John is a guy that's taken a different approach and achieved amazing results. And I think it's going to be really great talking to him. I'm really looking forward to it. And in what area of the world is he working within? Ah, so geographically, he's uh, down in the south part of, of England. He's worked in sales, Mm. so that's uh, in various forms. And he's also been quite successful doing property. So I do want to get to him on this because, Mm. yeah, 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 exactly. given what's happened recently, just having yet another prime minister, but the previous prime minister sort of crashing mortgages. So it'll be interesting to see what his take is on where we are at at this precise moment in uh, the British economy um, and what's happening within property. Yeah, because, I mean, homes are the hammer and all those auction yes, things and all yeah. property developing yeah. this and Kirsty and Phil and all yeah. that. All probably, people love property. People oh, love property. It's one of my favourite things to watch. It's yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And John has some really interesting takes, I'm sure, on, on this. So, mm. um, yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, because we've talked about on the podcast previously about what people need in life there's something called Maslow's hierarchy of need Mm. and two of the basic things are a roof over your head and food on the table so that you can feel safe and therefore feeling safe means you can then have the chance to develop and grow in whatever way you wish to do so but if you haven't got that you can't do the other yeah, a lot of people in rented, um, mm. uh, you know, it's a tricky time. Or if you have the mortgage going up, if you're not on a fixed, more and more people aren't on the fixed mortgage. And mm. um, I, I was actually in the coffee shop the other day listening to somebody said, oh, you know, I've just got the wrong timing. I was going to go and get my fixed mortgage sorted out, but now I haven't. And now if I did, it's going to be two mm. years or five years at a very expensive rate. What should I do? And um, who knows? Yeah. Frankly, who knows? Apart yeah. from it's everything's going up. All right. Well, on that very, uh, on that very, uh, <laughs> very exciting note, John is on the line. John, how are you? Give me the little bit of uh, your potted bio, then. For me, I ultimately went into sales. Sales was something I saw as an opportunity to test myself against myself anything i'd done before that i'd noticed that uh, i would work harder and smarter than other people and and got paid the same amount which ultimately didn't seem very fair so i went into i guess you know blunt telesales it was packaging up mortgages for a local firm in bournemouth and i was literally plugged in so it was beat and you'd be kind of instantly shown mr mrs smith Uh, it was on the phone and you'd go through a process of getting their information packaging that up for the next level, which ultimately went through to uh, a mortgage signed up in somebody's house. And that's what I aspired to do. I wanted to be in front of it. I liked meeting people. And especially as I got good at what I was doing, I wanted to be the person that you know, ultimately could, could meet those people. So I flew through that process and then got to a point where I was getting great feedback from the guys that were signing up these people. 
only to then be told by the owner of the company I was too young and I found that really frustrating I was 21 I desperately wanted to have a car <laughs> that was a bit better than what I had my, my really rubbish Ford Escort and be front-facing and of course it paid a lot better as well and he would point blank said you're just too young so I left which I don't think he was expecting but uh, I left and went into knocking on doors with Yorkshire Gas and Electricity. They came down south, Southern Electric went up north. It was quite a simple pitch. And I was actually well out of my comfort zone doing that. Knocking on people's doors was something I'd seen as I was growing up that wasn't well received by my parents. And uh, just didn't feel right. It was a bit of an invasion of privacy, but I, I felt that what I was actually doing was quite simple. It was saving people money. So I had my training, I had a residential training course for a week and off I went. I actually really enjoyed it. And I really learned reverse psychology. The very first person that opened the door to me told me to, to do one in much stronger language. And I spun around and was heading down the path. He said, sorry, 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 please come back. <laughs> Let me start again kind of thing and I signed them up and I thought gosh maybe I'm quite good at this and I, and I ultimately learned when to push when not to push and when someone just doesn't want to talk to you then you know ultimately uh, you know shut up sales took me a long way with learning myself wanting to ultimately then use that as the focus to then furthering my career that's quite a tough thing to do though John isn't it I mean a lot of people from other walks of life don't realize if you do knock on someone's door how nervous I mean I've done that knocked on someone's door or even cold calling and that sort of stuff, it's really, really, really challenging, especially if you've got people who don't <laughs> appreciate that you might actually be able to help them. How long did you do that for? Did you ever at any point think this isn't for me? No, I did it for a year and a half and then very much thought that actually this, you know, where am I going with this? And I think the repetition, just going back to your point of it being hard, repeating it every day and the fact that I it was my job if I didn't do it I, I didn't actually earn any money to pay my rent and to go out and have a you know, have a meal or whatever so that is what I'd chosen to do so I tried to be the best I could at it but I, of course I wasn't planning on doing that uh, or indeed progressing up those ranks that wasn't the career I was looking for so I then looked to be very much more involved in a sales role that I could enjoy and that would potentially further my my interests and that very much led to a business to business role where I took offices in AFC board and I really enjoyed that. I had a use of a box there and was able to sort of host a lot of clients. And it, that felt good. That was a very much a relationship business. I really came alive in that. And that's when I realized that people buy people. Yeah. Uh, that's when I realized all my sort of previous sales experience really came together. And then I really looked to focus on what do I actually want to do now. And of course, that became the journey into property development. Anybody in particular that has influenced you to go down the route that you did? No, that very much came from, I think, me just evaluating life. I, I was actually surrounded by people and very much an education system that put a focus on academic. Mm -hmm. And so all my good friends, including the guy I was best man at wedding and vice versa, he worked for the Bank of England. They're in finance. Uh, they're in banking. That wasn't for me. That's not how my brain works. It's not what I wanted to do. I felt quite a lot of pressure if I'm absolutely honest, in my late teens, not knowing what I wanted to do. And so I, I looked at very much sort of what feels like it should suit me. And, and that's why I chose sales. So it was very much from within. That's, that's quite interesting because a very self-starter situation because you're coming out of perhaps the norm that was there at the time. Yes. And I felt that. And I felt resistance, in, including, you know, you mentioned family, parents, that they hadn't done that. They, they very much brought me up the way that they had been brought up, which is get uh, good grades and then you'll get a good job. 
I just didn't feel right, you know. And so I broke those trends. And of course, therefore, uh, there was concern within the family because that's not why they'd sent me to good schools and not what they were expecting me to do. So I also felt a pressure to perform as well. Which then could lead on to what you were saying for the year and a half when you were doing knocking on the doors. You had the basics to do, which is pay your rent and feed yourself. But there was also personal pride to say, yes, I can do this. So I imagine you, John, uh, having a good time at AFC Bournemouth at the executive boxes as well. Now, most people would have thought they'd made it there. I thought I mean, that would be quite good, don't, don't you think? I, I'm, I'll be happy with that. But you weren't. Uh, no, for two reasons. The, the sales role was very much one that wasn't, if you like, a repeat business role. So I looked at the fact that actually I've probably gone as far and as successful as I could in that role. I felt that I was a, a great version of myself at that time, 24, 25 years old. Uh, I'd met a girlfriend I, I ultimately went on to marry, my wife, who was surrounded by property people. And they all seemed to be incredibly successful, particularly a couple of them in property development. And their lifestyle, the, the material things in their lives were all the things that I aspired to have. And so an opportunity through, actually funny enough, through the then chairman of the football club and, and land that they had was brought to me by the, the then chairman with a kind of actually do you want to see if you want to talk to a couple of people that you know you seem to know a lot of people and that opportunity led me to have a great opportunity to kind of go into property development with a guy I already knew and liked and that was the start of it so it was a nice transition it was and it was a deliberately and kind of take the opportunity if you like which there's been other instances in my life as we go through this conversation and so that was the transition for me to you know ultimately go into something different that still used relationships and still very much was selling yourself ultimately but learning something new as well that could be financially very rewarding this opportunity presented itself to you and therefore made that little leap it made it a much smaller step rather than a leap maybe would, would that be right yeah i think the scenario at that moment in time i was uh, incredibly sociable it was part of my my role i made it part of my role i was hosting or entertaining i was arranging dinners and putting people together just in the true sense of networking which benefited a lot of other people but of course it connected me up to people and fortified existing relationships and on the back of that a couple of things i'd done at the, the club at that time had been noticed and the chairman clearly had got you know desire to get some land developed there and wanted to speak to someone and he chose me so uh, i was over the moon about that and the developer i took it to was affected his words where this is gold dust no agents no middleman what an opportunity how important do you think was networking to you? You know, there's interpersonal relationships that you've, you've created. It was very important. I understood the power of it because ultimately I knew I didn't have an ongoing retention. It was a one-off scenario that I was effectively selling. There wasn't then a retention of monthly or annual subscription, if you like. So all the hard work and the rapport building and genuine kind of relationship building that would go into meeting somebody to then achieve that you know if i could then say hey look you're happy um and we've got on would you have anyone else you could connect me to that very much was something that came naturally to me and then i developed and, and of course doing that around fun things but, you know booking up a, a boat to go out with 20 people what have you was was a fun thing to do and no one said no yeah <laughs> and then you were with people that uh you could actually have chat in a really nice environment and do business so that developed again hadn't got experience of that but that developed uh, into something that I really enjoy bringing into business. And I've always done that throughout businesses since. It's interesting to hear you say that the networking is so important because 
when I was starting off way back when with my blank sheet of paper and not knowing people in this area, it was, okay, what's around? Where can I go and meet the people that I can work with that have similar ethics as well? That was very important for me, given what I do. Um, And I was just saying to uh, Alan that at the quiz last night, there was someone that both of us knew that I had met through networking who was, you know, was chatting away and suddenly said, oh, hello. It's that sort of thing that you can meet people, develop interests and develop business relationships at the same time. Yeah, I had the same thing because when I when I started my business, where we met, and I would sort of given up that uh, the security. I wanted to give up the security of the full time job. And I went along to what was called speed networking. Mm. And it's an awful thing. It's like speed dating. If you've ever been speed dating, you know how awful speed networking can be. And then you add some. One guy I met was a PR consultant. And we had a 10-second conversation one way, 10-second conversation the other way. And then the buzzer goes. And he said, do not leave the building without me talking to you. And that was the best 10-second, well, 20-second conversation that I'd ever had. Because he helped me get the PR that my company needed for about three, four years after that. It was absolutely amazing. Just meeting the right person at the right time. Yeah. I can remember talking to an accountant. Accountants don't want to talk to insolvency practitioners. We know that. And talking to this lady, and you could see her face glaze over. For some reason, I said, oh, yeah, I've also got a counselling qualification. And she leant forward. She said, I've got someone that needs to talk to you. And that led to a a very fruitful business relationship between the two of us. I did a speed networking event once, which uh, I'll never forget. I I didn't mind it. I know it sounds silly. I mean, I could see how some people were really struggling with it. But it was what I was doing anyway. Of course, it was a bit of a, uh, a false environment. But it was just, it was definitely amusing. And it was fruitful as well. It's funny, isn't it, how you have those little those little meetings with people. And they do form into relationships. And I think, this I'm picking up this from you, is actually you found yourself driven in a certain direction that then has opened up the opportunities for you which has made it a little easier and I, I i would advocate anyone doing that is actually if you've if you've got that great big chasm between where you are now and where you want to get to is you know who who in your network do you know that can help you to introduce you to the next person in the network that can help you a little bit more i, I feel that might be a good a good route for people alan that's exactly how we've met indeed journey that whole manifesting and so on we met through mutual contact and what i'm looking to get more from my life and so on has led me to you oh you're very you're very kind john no no pressure no pressure (laughs) (laughs) we've left you at afc bournemouth at the moment we've got excited about afc bournemouth Uh, well what division are they in at the moment at this point just so i know we can they the they literally got promoted from second to, to first division at the end of that year. We went and watched mm-hmm. the playoffs. I very much uh, felt like a fan, having not been a lifelong fan, but you were sort of you knew the club well, you knew the staff well, you knew the players, you saw them every day, and you wanted them to do well. Yeah, they went up to the first division. And now you've met somebody else, and this is getting into your property journey now, which is summarising, I suppose, John, as something that uh, uh, Titanic, I might say. It's certainly become that way, and I'll, I'll sort of summarise the initial bit because I started off by joining a company that had in-house construction and architect. It's sort of twenty odd staff. Great opportunity to be able to learn a lot about property development. One of the things that struck me early on was there was a lot of clicky relationships that already existed. A lot of these guys had come in from uh, estate agents and surveyors, and uh, it was a tough 
tough thing to break into. So I came in brimming with confidence that I could network in myself, confidence in myself and ability. I, and also I was impatient and I could see that property development is actually quite slow from mm. trying to find an opportunity to then uh, go through the process of securing it. And there's a number of ways of doing that. And then ultimately maybe getting planning on it to then developing it to then making money out of it, which I struggled with. Uh, you could argue I still struggle with that now, but it's all about your pipeline and it's all about the fact that actually when those paydays do come, it could be, you know, it can be particularly good. So I went back well enough uh, to very much the core basics of what had worked for me, which was relationships and grafting, just numbers. So I actually made sure I was identifying my own opportunities. I made sure I identified contacts that weren't known to this particular company which was very difficult and they made sure that i was the one that they would call or or, or you know get hold of when there was any land or property that, that would be interesting that gave me the opportunity to ultimately set up my own property development company uh, i very much wanted to captain my own ship and uh, i probably left earlier than i would have liked but it was just the fact that there was not a lot of room for entrepreneurial thoughts in that company. And I, I was sort of full of those and just wanted to get out and stretch out on my own. And that led to setting up a company that has, has gone on. Uh, we, we've set up Titan Property Developments that has done over 900 properties, over 210 million gross development value. And it's been really successful. I was going to say, and you enjoy it. If that comes across. I do enjoy very, it. Very, very, very much. So here we are, right? 2020. Two. Two, thank you very much. <laughs> and stuff's happened in the world that arguably makes property not what it was at, at any level. So, John, sort of um, picking your brains a little bit, really, I suppose, what would you say to somebody who is maybe looking for an opportunity to get out of what they're doing and they have a little bit of money? And, you know, is, is property now a, a, a thing that you would look at still? Or is it time to sit tight? Where are we at at the moment in terms of property and property investors and developers? It's a good question, Alan. There's a, there's a couple of key points there. I think one, just the, the actual timing, as you say. So regardless of someone's individual circumstances, having the money and the desire to, to get into property, the, the interest rates are going up today again. And you've got the costs of uh, living increasing and so, you know, you've got to have a serious think about whether the timing is going to suit what your end goal is. And, and what I mean by that is, do you want to get into property to build a portfolio where you're going to be able to then get a rental yield or are you looking to potentially, you know, build to then sell? And those two would probably have a very different answer from me. Uh, a portfolio will always generate you an income, uh, but it probably requires much more capital intensive. So it would come down to you either having the funds or being able to bring together funds from people around you to be able to then joint venture, dare I say, and, and, and build that up. If you are looking to build to sell right now, you only need to look at the news today and, and going forward that you know mortgages are being pulled. The products available are a lot more expensive than they were just a few months ago. It's definitely a time to be very clear on what your end goal is if you want to go into property development. And do you think that's going to, sorry, Dorothy, I'm going to jump in there, but do you think that's um, a thing that will change soon-ish or what conditions would you look for if you weren't going to do it now what sort of changes would you look for to say it is the right time okay so i think without trying to be doom and gloom i think we are going into a very tricky time and i think that we won't be coming out of that for at least a couple of years and i think that that ultimately is a negative i think the positive is there is a shortage of property in the uk and there is a massive desire from people to either own their own properties or from 
people to be a property investor. And there is no shortage of money around. There are people that have got funds that want to invest. So with inflation as it is, if, you know, if you've got a million pounds in the bank right now, it could well be worth 900,000 this time next year. So is a smart thing to do to invest it into property for the longer term and ride out what is clearly uh, you know, a volatile time right now. How long that lasts, Alan, is, is a crystal ball. If I knew that, I would be making decisions <laughs> right now based on those. <laughs> That's always the way, isn't it? I mean, having been through a couple of um, property recessions, you just sit there and you just say, for, for me as a homeowner, I just say, it, it's my home. It's not an investment. Yes, if I make money no. out of it at the end of the day, whoopie do but this is my home and yes if the mortgage goes up it goes up but I've got a roof over my head uh, and food on the table which um, is quite basic but that's what people desire isn't it in that way it is and of course there are a number of aspirational people that are, uh, would love to have what exactly what you've got in yeah. their name as an owner there's a lot of people renting and so I think that's the point you know a lot of the property that I've done has been aimed more at the first time buyer and the affordable side of the market, which was very much a key aspiration for me in setting up the business, was to help. You know, it was to not build a, a great big house with a swimming pool, so to speak, you know, that, that's just got a very sort of niche market in it. It was to provide town centre apartments specifically for aspirational owners. Starter homes in that way. Starter home, yep. So, John, one of the questions that we ask everybody is... What makes you smile, John? My family make me smile, Dorothy. I've got two daughters, beautiful wife. We have always prioritised time together. They are my constant and uh, they make me happy. Great answer. I think that yeah. for most people. Yeah. It's been a pleasure talking to you, John. All the best for the future and the property. I hope it turns around for you. And, um, and whatever you do, I'm, I've got a feeling that John's going to be a success wherever he does. Yeah think so you've got you've certainly got the drive determination and the the will to help and i think that's always fundamental for people to to really do well in life yeah yeah inspirational john thank you thank so you. much well thank you for having me guys well john was such an interesting person to listen to and talk to so what lessons alan do you think we've learned from talking to him well that's a good question i would say a that someone like him very driven I think one of the things that really hit me is a way in which making the big leap easier by putting yourself in the situation that each step becomes a simple, smaller step. Yeah. So building a network of people, yes. putting yourself in situations that will help you on to the next step and taking the opportunities, even though they're not necessarily the the ideal thing that you might have thought you wanted to do, yeah. but taking those opportunities that are presented and going with it. That would seem to me quite a good idea because a lot of ideas that people have in their heads fail because they're too big. They're too big ideas. It's yeah. too much of a leap. It's a, in, not in having that jump across the water. It might be taking the first stepping stone. So yeah, stepping stones. And, and doing it that way. And therefore, you build something that has got a foundation to it, uh, which you can then grow. That's the real key thing. So maybe that someone's listening to this and going, oh, yeah, it was a big idea. Then the question then comes that they should ask themselves, I would say, is, OK, how can you chunk this idea up? Yeah. How can you make it smaller? What are the, like, uh, your good idea there, I like the analogy, the stepping stones. What are the stepping stones? And at least if you're moving in the direction, the general direction 
that's good. Yeah. Not to necessarily be so ruthless that you're going to miss the opportunities as they present themselves. Yeah. I think that's important. Yeah, because your stepping stone is not necessarily going to be straight across. It can be a zigzaggy path for whatever reason. And there might be a large stone along the way that you have to walk across before you get to the next one. And a bit of self-reflection, I think that's important. And yeah. analysing where you are at that moment in time and say you know if it's not working and it doesn't look like it's going to work take a step back literally take a step back and then move forward in a different direction and and that way you're not breaking everything that has gone before yeah breaking it down that's what yeah, i learned yeah, breaking it down very making much it so. well it's been very interesting i love this sir. i love this podcast i hope you're enjoying it too um, we're on all the social media you can find us at out of the frying pan podcast make sure you use the word podcast at the end of that because i can't believe it other people about the similar similar name but the podcast is nowhere near as good so out of the frying pan podcast is what you're looking for to make sure that you subscribe to uh, to the next podcast which is going to be fantastic i know that you've organized it dorothy so it's going to be stunning until next time bye bye